is going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode of Crew 3 Podcast. I'm your host, Ruckman, now mostly COVID-free. I just got a bit of a cough. Here of course, I said that last uh, – no, I was still pretty mid-COVID last time we tried to record. Uh, so sorry about missing the episode last week. Anyway, though, this is sponsored by our wonderful support Patreon. That's patreon.com slash crew3mtg. Chuck it a buck. Give us $5 for a piece of monthly exclusive content, which, of course, backlogs into every other month we've had previously. And then $50, $20 international gets you the monthly swag bag mailing as long as you get in by the 10th of every month. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Chris and Ricky. Gentlemen, say hello. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Uh, going pretty good. Like I said, I'm mostly over COVID. Just got a bit of a cough. We started streaming again. Uh, we're trying to get back to mostly uh, a normal schedule. How have you guys been doing? Fantastic. Was playing some magic with my boy, uh, also Steve, this morning. Nice, nice. Also known as Ricky. Yeah, I was keeping I was keeping Ricky company last week while I was home working. Mm-hmm. Making that mythic push, you know. We got to get back in limited. It was really funny. I had like four drafts where I seven owed in a row, and then I turned off the camera and proceeded to just like lose my next five games in a row. Yeah. Hey, but that was that was still a sweet streak. You've been you've been really put in work. It really shows how much practice you have at Zendikar. Yeah, when yep. your opponent draws absolutely garbage, makes ridiculously <laughs> stupid plays, and then concedes the game, it really shows. Uh, hey, when you're our, when you're Ricky Lynn, you just have it all. Exactly right. Now I, I am kidding though. Ricky obviously plays very very know. well. It's just funny. I don't know what that green white deck we drafted was, but we won seven games with it. Yeah, yeah, and what I make that? that joke. It may sound rude, but we're, Ricky was saying the same thing on the stream. We were we were laughing because just some of the stuff that was going on was just like what? what like was... he makes a prediction. Oh, I think this is maybe a four win deck, and then goes like seven and one. Yeah, didn't you seven and zero with that one draft deck that we like entirely redid after pack one? Yeah, yeah, we didn't use any of the pack one picks. Yeah, yeah, we did that, but that that pack two was pretty insane. Yeah, it was. I was super, I was I was uh, convincingly bamboozled, like you said. <laughs> it was. Uh, I like the format. It's a lot of fun. I have no idea what's going on in standard right now. Uh, Pioneer sure seems fun, and, and gosh, did y'all hear the the news? No, which news? Uh, the Magic Online uh, Unlock Everything token is coming back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For what, two weeks starting next Wednesday? Yeah, for two weeks. So if you've been itching to play some Pioneer, like, I mean, this is the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can play all the other formats too, but I mean, Pioneer, it's there too. Right. Pioneer is definitely there. Um, all right. Do we have anything else to uh, to get into before we move into this week's metagame breakdown? I said let's get into it. I thought, are we, is, is, Cur- court, is, Chris, do you, is do you, court do you, in session, Ruckman? Oh, I'm sorry. Is it in session, Honorable Judge Chris? Hold on. Let me get the gavel. Could you hear that? I did yeah. hear that. Yes. This right here is my $2,000 gavel I bought from the 1980 set of famous crime drama, Matlock. And second best $2,000 eBay purchase I've ever made right there. What's the first best? uh, You know, in the recession 2008, I bought the catchphrase, that's hot, off of Paris Hilton. (laughs) Oh, all right, all right, all right. So every time you guys say that, uh, you have to pay me $5, so. That's hot. All right. Sweet, I'm I'm making all kinds of money here. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we have ourselves a court case to decide here today. As some number of weeks ago, I was honestly too uh, intoxicated to remember exactly when it was. Uh, there was a pie bet made between the two gentlemen co-hosts that I have here about the reprinting of a certain card called Pillage. Controversy 
was immediately, uh, a couple days later, cast upon the pie bet when it turned out that Pillage is in fact going to be reprinted. It will appear in Kaladesh packs. However, Kaldheim packs. Cal- what did I say? Kaladesh? Kaladesh. Sorry, I promise I've only had a little bit to drink so far. Uh, it will be in Kaldheim packs. However, it is not a part of the Kaldheim set. It is going on something called The List, which is just extra cards being reprinted. Does that sound fair? Yeah. Uh, yes. The if if can I can I explain your honor to the list? Please, yeah. Present your for those that for those that aren't aware, starting in Zendikar Rising with the set booster box, mm-hmm. uh, the set booster packs in general, uh, there are interesting thing called the list, which is one in every five or six packs. You will get an additional card that is from a curated list, kind of like if you open a chest on Mitgo uh, of cards, kind of related to the set, kind of not, and they're kind of all over the place. They're always obscure printings. They're kind of like mystery boosters. As a single slot in a pack. Right. Dope. So, this obviously casts questions over the pie bet, and as arbiter of all things Crew 3, when any uh, controversy happens, including myself, I am the Honorable Judge Chris. I will be presiding over today's court. Uh, Before me, we have the plaintiff, Crew 3 Ruckman, who believes that he has outright won this bet, as the card is not being printed, in fact, in Cal time. Uh, and then the defendant in this case will be Ricky, who obviously uh, will claim that it is in fact being reprinted and it will appear in Kaldheim packs or something to that effect. Ruckman, we will start with you. Now, Your Honor, I'm going to let my, my lawyer do the talking for me if, yeah, if, you, uh, if absolutely. you wouldn't mind. No, you, you have one of the best lawyers in the country. I think that's a great idea. Thank you, Your Honor. It is by all means a wonder to be addressing your wonderful courtroom today. If I may introduce myself, I, my name is Beauregard Sinclair from a little town called Covington, Louisiana. As you may know, is the parish seat of St. Tammany Parish in Louisiana, right near close to Lake Pontchartrain, uh, along the Fowlway River. Yeah, got a vacation there. Your Honor, you know, I'm used to more of a smaller courtroom, but I hope I may do my service justice today to my client and prove why the defendant is, in fact, in the wrong, Your Honor, today. All right, hold on. Proceed. Thank you, Your Honor. So at first, I would like to bring to the court's attention what I had submitted as Exhibit A, which is the audio recording from Crew 3 Podcast Episode 55, which is when the then pie bet was made. Now, Your Honor, it is widely regarded that possession is not intense to the law. But today I'm here to argue that intent is that remaining 1%. And that tenth here, that intent is what is going to put this case solely in the victory slot for my client here. As you would have heard, uh, the defendant is listed as saying, we're going to carry over equipment. We already had like had like this like big land sets. We've been having all this rant. People are putting all these lands into play. It's time it fits in the world pillage. Now, I would argue the intent there, Your Honor, is that the defendant here is arguing that it would be in the standard legal portion of the set. Here, he's referencing the printing equipment. They are printing big land sets. There, people are ramping all over the place to putting all these lands into play. And I would argue that means he's referring to the set to the card pillage being printed in a wider legality. As we all know, things in the list do not change their legality just by being on the list, now, Your Honor. 
Now, uh, Mr. Sinclair, Mr. Sinclair. Yes, now, yes my, Your Honor. Uh, my one concern here is whether or not this recording you provided to me, which obviously I had seen, is legit. Because if this is the Ricky that I know, there would be about 10 more likes in that in that sentence that you read out to me there. Okay, so just Ooh. know that I'm watching you. Right? Your Honor, any... there, there, were, there were definitely plenty of likes I don't proceeding and any... proceeding that, but that is the bit that well, is important. I, just, and I know in... how you do things in Louisiana, and I just want you to know. This is a clean courtroom. Of course, Your Honor. Now, Your Honor, if I could also point to Exhibit B, which are some some images that my law office did acquire Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. from the highly regarded magic repository of information known as Scryfall. Now, what I have found are three – I provided are three images of three cards from said list. Now, the list is quite extensive, Your Honor, but as you can see, I think these three set up a precedent that you could then uh, extrapolate the the similarities among these cards to the rest of the list. And so Mm -hmm. as you can see here, Clearwater Goblet, Oubliette, and Relentless Rats, all cards that have been reprinted on the list – but mm-hmm. I would like to point out that they do not show up as being listed as in the list, as in, sorry, rather being in Zendikar Rising, which is when they were reprinted on the list, right. but instead are listed as being on the list itself. So here we have the prime third-party repository of magic card information, not considering them as part of the set proper. And right, then if right. you would then turn your attention to Exhibit C, we found, again, those same three cards, Your Honor, mm-hmm. the Clearwater Goblet, the Oubliette, and the Relentless Rats. And But, oh, what's this now? They don't even say the list. They also don't include Zendikar Rising. So clearly even Watsi themselves don't even treat these as being full reprints because they don't even list the reprints on their own website, Your Honor. Right, right. Now, now, what I really want to get to is Exhibit P, because this is particularly overwhelming. Can you uh, tell me real quick, what is in Exhibit P? <laughs> Objection. Ex- uh-huh. I did not receive Exhibit P in my version of Discovery. Uh, okay, was, hold on. Was, object- Ex- was, was Exhibit P submitted to Discovery? I didn't get it. Uh, exhibit P um, will be made public record uh, right now. Oh, will be. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Yep. Actually, I can't do it. Ruckman, can you please present Exhibit P to uh, the defendant? Uh, yes, Yana. Here, here you go. Here you go. I, I, I hope, uh, you know, I know you didn't get to go to no law school enough, so I hope you can read this evidence. I can read and now, that. For, for the audience, uh, would you please describe what Exhibit P is? Uh, Exhibit P, uh, which I think the reason why uh, the defendant did not find it is, of course, spelled X-Z-I-B-I-T. Right. Instead of the the normal version of Exhibit. Well, that is just the customary uh, image of the rapper and host of television hit Pimp Yo Ride, Mm -hmm. the rapper known as Exhibit, that Mm -hmm. is customarily included in all court cases in Louisiana. Right. Yeah. This is just a picture of Exhibit. That that is all this Exhibit is. But uh, still very, very convincing, nevertheless. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, um, just initial comments uh, on on your evidence. Uh, Exhibit B and C... While they do seem to present logically, I think Exhibit C goes to show that if, uh, you know, um, even though these cards were printed, they are not on the official thing. So uh, it's almost like they don't exist, but we know for a fact that they were, in fact, printed in that set. But the uh, other exhibits you presented are just uh, pretty overwhelming. So let's go to the defendant. Uh, Ricky, what do you have to say for yourself in all this? 
Uh, so I don't have a lawyer. You see, I spend most of my time as a janitor mm-hmm. in the local community college going around and just solving equations that are left on the right. board. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, your, Honor, your Honor, objection <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is, is the defendant not under oath and is thereby purging, perjuring himself by lying in this honorable courtroom? Uh, objection overruled. I, I don't know what all that Ricky does in his free time. He's a mysterious man. Continue. Uh, so as you know, uh, just like the film uh, Goodwill Hunting, I'll be representing myself as I am clearly a janitor genius, and this right. is normal and allowed. Okay, gotcha. All right. Uh, I only said mm-hmm. that the card pillage would be reprinted in Kaldheim, meaning you can open it from a Kaldheim booster, and you currently can. Mm-hmm. Now, when I asked uh, the uh, most honorable Ruckman... Mm-hmm. For ten flavor texts or flavor texts of cards that were playable in Pioneer, I was presented with the biggest slog of draft chaff and unplayable garbage cards that are technically yeah, by uh, definition for the, for the record he asked for Pioneer in, legal cards, not right. pi- cards Sorry, played Pioneer in Pioneer. Legal. You're correct. Uh, Pioneer objection legal. sustained. Objection sustained. Yeah. Uh, Pioneer legal cards. So if we are going to have that standard set. That because he because I said pioneer legal, I would get pioneer legal cards. It makes sense that the same standard be held that since I said printed in Kaldheim means that you could open it from a Kaldheim booster, and I don't need to further defend myself from there. Uh, also, mm-hmm. uh, I've got a bit of a bombshell here. Okay. Uh, most honorable Judge Chris, did you know that the most honorable Judge Chris is not that much honorable? <gasps> what I have screenshots showing everyone showing the world uh-huh. uh that in fact uh crew theory ruckman attempted to bribe the honorable judge chris what uh, through paypal hold on uh i need a 10 second recess to just uh, look over this evidence really quick all right uh we're back i have seen this evidence well <clears throat> the evidence looks pretty strong uh Mr. St. Clair, what do you have to say for your client? Your your Honor, my client was merely trying to reaffirm your PayPal address so he could send you monetary compensation to make up for the difference that he would be paying Mr. Linton versus what you got to help compensate uh, the Honorable Judge Chris for his time and money put into settling the debts involved in the swag bag procurement for their prospective months. Right, right. All right. Well, I've thought uh, long and hard about this for all of uh, Yana, three seconds. Can I? Can mm-hmm. I? Can may, may I make my closing statement? Yeah, though, sure. Please? Make your closing statement. Absolutely, absolutely. Yana, what this is here is not mm-hmm. just a simple matter of who is or who is not going to receive a pie at the end of this pie bet, because. Right. What this court should really be asking is why Mr. Lynn is trying to overturn and overrule the sanctity of Pie Bets on Crew 3 podcast. Because, Your Honor, I would argue here that as Mr. Lynn tries to make an argue, make a mockery and defile the sanctity of the Crew 3 Pie Bets, he is not only trying to defile the current pie bets. He is trying to defile previous pie bets and all future pie bets being made, trying to make it so that no one can be held accountable, pie bet win or loss. And Your Honor, I don't think that should be allowed to stand in this here podcast. Mm, the president is what you're saying is uh, is is just 
un- untenable. We cannot have this president. I understand. I understand. Uh, well, I guess, Ricky, do you have any closing statements? I'd be surprised. Look, I'm just looking for a couple hundred thousand votes in Georgia. <laughs> Can you help me out? <laughs> I uh, I might be able to. All right. Well, I have uh, I have made my decision, and uh, here's how it's going to go down. Uh, your client, Mr. Sinclair, uh, Crew 3 Ruckman, uh, will win the overall uh, lawsuit claiming that he has won, and I will reinstate his title as the Warren Buffett of PyBets. As listening to the audio, uh, it is very clear that we are talking about uh, being printed in CalTime. Without that audio, uh, I actually don't know that it would have gone down like that. But you went all that effort to find it. It is it is very, very clear. Thank you, Yon. However, that being said, this allegation of bribery is very clear and uh, cannot be ignored. So uh, Ricky will be mm-hmm. taking a pie for his role in this pie bet. Uh, and you and me will both be taking a pie uh, for this bribery scandal that has happened. However, uh, because I am the judge and we are in the United States of America, I am going to pardon myself from taking that pie and reinstate my title as most honorable Judge Chris. Uh, so only the two of you will be taking pies. And that is my ruling. And that is Thank final. Thank you, Anna. That is, that is a just ruling, Can I appeal to the head judge? No, I am the head judge. Okay. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for our uh, you know, taking a trip through our Crew 3 courthouse and back to your regularly scheduled Crew 3 programming. Uh, before that, we have to have, of course, the uh, end of end of court interviews. <laughs> we need okay. the end of court interviews. How long is this segment going? It's as long as we want it to go. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. Uh, uh, you, yeah. Would you like to be the reporter uh, outside the courtroom? Uh, I will be the reporter outside, uh, outside okay. of the courtroom. Okay. Uh, hello there. Hey, the uh, the crew three times would like to know what you have to say about the Rollins. Now, of course, representing my client here, Mr. Ruckman, uh, we are we are fully happy that he has been reinstated as the Warren Buffett of Pie Bets, and that he will continue an undefeated streak of the Pie of the Pie Bets. Now, we are unfortunate uh, and disapproving of the result of the uh, purported bribery. We'll be appealing that later on down the road in the proper courtrooms, but that is not time for today. We have to, we are going to celebrate this victory and uphold in the win for the justice of not just uh, my client here, Mr. Ruckman, but the listeners of the Crew 3 podcast all around the world. Okay, that's pretty wonderful. Any any other final statements? No, no, that's that's all. That's all. Mr. Ricky, how do you feel? Uh, Zachariah Ruckman plays his lands in front. <gasps> yeah. Slander! Slander! That man is yeah. slanderous! <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, it sounds like there's going to be more lawsuits in the Crew 3 court. <laughs> uh, let me be the first to apologize for whatever just happened. I know. What kind of monster puts their lands in front? Look, that was when I was playing Control, and my permits didn't matter besides my lands. Sure. Keep telling yourself that. All right. Okay. Are we, are we, are we ready for the metagame now 20 minutes in? Yeah. Metagame breakdown. Go. Hey, 20 minutes in, we're, we're, we're doing still better than how we used to be. It used to be 30 true. minutes in before we got the metagame breakdown. True, true, true. Let's go to All it. right. For the metagame breakdown this week, in 12th place, we have Gruel Agra at 2.7%. Of course, these are all based on a 14-day breakdown according to G Goldfish. So 12th place, Gruel Agra with 2.7%. Jeskai Luke at 11th with 3.4%. Niftalite number 10 with 4% of the meta. 9% Oops All Spells at 4.2%. 8th place Lotus Combo with 4.4%. 7th place Mono Black Aggro 
Sixth place, Collective Burn, Collective Red, whatever you want to call the deck at 5.4% of the meta. Fifth place, Luris Burn at 6.5% of the meta. Fourth place, Ors off Ors at 7.7% of the meta. Third place, Mono Green Planeswalks at 10.2% of the meta. Fourth place, Four Color Omnath at 11.1% of the meta. And at first place, that Wilderness Wreck, that combo between Teamer, uh, Sultai, and even a Four Color Wreck deck list in at 16 0.3% of the meta. Now, I do want to point out, because we're recording on Mon- on Tuesday this week, uh, when I was getting this list up Monday, I made some adjustments to what it is today. Mm-hmm. That way you guys weren't confused when you looked at it. Uh, before they adjusted with whatever else was added, um, Wilderness Wreck was at over 20% of the meta. Oh, wow, okay. So that was a pretty big shakeup between uh, recording on Monday and recording today. Uh, and Fort Carolina was pretty, pretty down there. Uh, but I mean, yeah, we're pretty similar, pretty much how it's been, right? Uh, I think it's kind of interesting to note that if you really look into the Wilderness Rec decks, that I think there is definitely a big enough split that um, it would be pretty close to 50-50 Sultai Rec and Teamer Rec, especially when you look at one of the challenges we're going to look at here, where there's a lot of Teamer Rec, right? But I think mm-hmm. it's pretty close to 50-50, 60-40 maybe, uh, with, I think, Soul Tide taking the edge. So really, we're looking at 16% combined, but I would put that down to maybe like a 9 and a 7 or an 8 and 8% respectively, which would at that point put Four Color Omnath in at number 1. Okay. And also, Monogreen Planeswalkers will move to the number 2 spot. But again, they they lump them in here. Uh, so before we get into the two big challenges, which I make sure that... Yeah, okay, I did send I did link those to you guys. Uh, real quick, though, the first event to cover is, of course, our Discord challenge number 9. We had that monthly webcam event this weekend, which I was luckily good enough to take part in. Uh, Shouts to everyone, of course, who went and played. And congrats to new Discord champion Mild Pro with Monogreen Planeswalkers. Uh, I, of course slogged through to the finals as well with mono black but as a host i'm ineligible for the crown uh so of course mild pro is a default and unfortunately uh we didn't get to play out so we don't know who you know uh even if he could have been champion without having to be default to the crown uh but i was hitting my 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 covid breaking point over the weekend i i'm gonna call him a winner no matter what uh i'll still shout out to uh trey who you know, made top four again, I think. Yep. So everybody Drake. who's won has come back uh, pretty strong typically. And uh, yeah, I think it was a lot of fun. There was definitely some, there's some competitive decks starting to show up from some players who are looking mostly to play uh, the webcam events, which is players who are hankering to play. So they're showing up ready to go with some stronger decks. So uh, it's always fun to see the fun decks play. Everybody always has a good time. Those are definitely the most uh, fun to watch for me, but um, if you want to come with some stronger decks and, and compete, you're certainly welcome to. I, the, the, the 12 proxy rules really helped that. And actually, I'm it really has. excited for February's, which is, of course, going to be on the 6th, which is like the first weekend of Kaldheim being fully out. Okay. So I I, I think the proxy rules going to be really interesting for that because it's going to allow people to have all the Kaldheim cards they would want. Right. Right. All when 12 they, of them. When they, yeah, when they wouldn't have them normally, right? So, you know, if they only 12 Kaldheim cards – hey, there you go, that's going to be pretty big. So I think we're going to see a lot more uh, new cards than we're used to for that first weekend. That'll be a lot of fun, yeah. Very well organized again by Ruckman. Always does an amazing job at that. Years of uh, judging and tournament organizing put to good use here. So, And of course, uh, I'll probably be forcing drawers uh, that for that one because if you don't follow along on Twitter or the Discord, I have purchased like foils of every like kind of playable dwarf that's in, Pi- that's in Pioneer so far. Mm-hmm. 
How many playable so, dwarves could there be? Uh, let's see here. So there's the big ones are like Depala, um, Toolcraft Exemplar. Uh, Magna's going to be printed. Magna's going to be big. Uh, then I've also picked up some Rimrock Knights, some Veteran Motorists. Uh, I it was a hard. It took a while to track them all down from the same seller, but I did manage to track down Foil Seven Seven Dwarves. Oh my god. So I have seven foil, seven doors. Then there's some sort of out there cards. I picked up some aerial responders, some Fairgrounds Warden, stuff like that. So I don't think those are going to really see a lot of play, but I just kind of picked them up because they're less than 50 cents for a foil. For sure, for sure. Makes sense. So, um, and I picked up like Staunch Shieldmates because having a one drop into Magda is going to be very big. You're going to definitely want to have a treasure the turn Magda hits the ground. Magda uh, so anyway, whenever it becomes tapped. You get a treasure? Uh, it's Yes, whenever another dwarf you control becomes tapped, yeah. You get a treasure. So that card's going to be insane. All right, so let's get to these actual challenges, shall we? Sure. Uh, in at eighth place, we have – this is for one, two. In at eighth place, Orzov Orz. Seventh place, Tira Rec. Sixth place, Soltai. What is this? Oh, this is the Soltai decklist that wasn't running uh, Reclamation. Uh, mm-hmm. We have Esper's, Esper Yorian. In fifth place, fourth place is Collective Red. Third place, Lotus Combo. Second place is another Collective uh, – no Collective, just sort of straight red, not playing the Collective Defiance. Uh, playing instead Rampaging Frostodon, which has kind of been the new real tech against all the Euro decks and on that the deck running around. And then first place, Luris Burn. So a very, very aggressive, heavy – Aggro heavy top eight here for this one. And then of course we see that new take on uh Soul Tie, which isn't wreck, isn't delirium, it's just control, really. It's just I mean it's just the yeah. it's just the wreck deck, but it dropped the wrecks for a couple Nissas and released a couple more just extra interactive spells. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Ricky Ricky was saying this is the deck that's gonna be better post Euro ban, but maybe this is setting up for actually a reclamation ban. I think that like this deck will be fine post-Uro, um, mostly with the Reclamation. I, I never thought about cutting Reclamation. I don't understand why you would cut that card. Uh, but this deck looks sweet. It's definitely a deck that I would uh, have a run with, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe you're just not casting enough stuff on your turn. It seems like with Nissa and Uro, you certainly might be. But, you know, that's four cards to get double action. But a lot of times, you know, you're not you're not using it enough on your turn. So maybe it's just better to have the extra stuff. I, I'm not sure, like... Sure. It, it definitely seems like if you're drawing enough cards, why wouldn't you have it? You know, because you're you may end the game with more cards in your hand than you're going to play. And the thing is, mysticals or sorry, not mystical dispute. Wilderness reclamation pays for itself immediately because you get to untap all your lands. So, right. yeah. and, and unless you're concerned about people killing it and you wasting that investment or getting countered and wasting that investment, you know, if that's happening enough, then okay, I get it. But like you said, otherwise, that that's an interesting choice because, like I said, it, it's free. So if in I don't know, like I said, give it, given if you how many cards you draw in this deck, uh, definitely definitely a little surprising. All right, anything else here before we move on to the next challenge? I just like to see that like after the last time we saw all the Omnath and just like the swell right. of mid rangey decks, it's like finally time to see like the aggro decks going like uh we yeah. can hang. It, yeah. And they're out. They're definitely out here now. I will say that I don't see the the pilots that I'm used to seeing on your your teamers and your four color Omnas up here. So I'm not sure if this was something was happening where they weren't playing or they chose to play in a different van or they just didn't do particularly well that day. Uh, was it the mocks that weekend? 
maybe it was, and that's that's why it was just a timing thing because a lot of these names, you know, we look at these week in and week out uh, to try and keep on top of the metagame, and these are names that I'm not super familiar with. I'm sure they do well, but yeah, so maybe the aggro players come out to play. Noticeably, uh, that second place red deck move the collective defiances to the side. Yeah, two of the just a couple of names that I'm really seeing in this first one: Miss Trigger. Uh, El Yayo and Alfredo Torres are three of the names we usually see doing pretty well. But they're all on uh, aggro all right, decks, right? So, what's up? I think they're all on aggro decks, though. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so moving on to the ten three ch- or the one three challenge. Eighth place, Esper Control. Seventh place, Lord Beerus with Collective Red. Uh, that is still on Collective Defiance. Yes, yeah, seventh place, Luris Burn. Fourth place, Four Color Omneth. Sorry, fifth place, four color Omnath, fourth place, Orzav Auras, third place, uh, not Boros Burn, not Luris Burn. Instead, we have a little bit of Featherless Feather action going on, mm-hmm. a deck we haven't seen of in quite some time. In second place, Mono Black Aggro, and in first place, Mor- Marolanzi with Collective Red. Uh, not even Collective Red, there are uh, collectives in the board, and they're not on the. Um, the frosted on tech either. So definitely a few ways to play red, depending on how you're wanting to stack up the deck. Uh, they instead elected to main board Bomat couriers. And this yeah. uh, featherless deck is actually, it has feather in the board. Oh, the board. Okay. Yeah, but it's, it's definitely on the board. Uh, the featherless deck, I think is the most interesting deck for those of you who aren't as familiar with the metagame. You're definitely just playing cards like favorite hoplite monastery, swift spear to get, you know, your prowess triggers or in hoplite, your heroic triggers, whatever you want to call them and go from there. If I had to guess, I would just assume that this is stacking up really well against the other aggro decks, because this definitely seems, in my opinion, significantly worse than just playing Orzhov Warriors. Mm -hmm. But what I do notice is that you have way more defensive options than some of the other aggro decks. So, like, you know, you've got your your God's Willing, um, and then Reckless Rage's removal, right? You've got some some pump stuff. Uh, you got the indestructible Boros charm, which I think Luris Burn also has, but mm-hmm. just a way I think to beat down in the the same kind of vein as Orzhov yeah. Auras. But you know, you've got a little more interaction for the aggro decks, whereas obviously Orzhov Auras just goes bigger. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, I don't think there's anything else really exciting in the league, but I did want to point out on. Uh, some results in the eleven or in the one four league. Uh, there are some decks I wanted to point out here. Five um, O by Ariane uh, is another sort of take on that um, Soltai deck without reclamation, but they're playing Lovestruck Beast, Narsets, and Nissas, mm-hmm. and they're not playing a lot of the the Countersole package that the Soltai decks play. Um, DMLK going five O with just Mono Green Aggro. Um, uh, let's see here. Five and O. Oh, Gracias Portanto with a four color reclamation deck list. And it's not the reclamation deck list you'd think. Usually, you know, they'd probably be like an Omnath brew, but instead they just took Teamer and Sultai and just kind of pen pineapple apple pen them together. And we're <laughs> playing a lot of the Sultai deck where it's playing Expansion Explosion from the Teamer deck. Right. Yeah, I, I, um, I think you nailed it. I think it's pretty much Sultai, but you've also got Expansion Explosion in there. Yeah. Um, and then in uh, also 5-0-M Chalk, M-C-H-O-Q, is playing kind of a take on the Godalicious Mono Red deck that we haven't seen in a little bit of a while. Uh, they're not playing the uh, the Vessel, uh, but they still got the Cleansing Wildfire tech and things like that. 
a little more in on the Eldrazi in the main, a few more Planeswalkers. So yeah, that deck's still kicking around, it seems. One thing uh, I, and obviously this has been a while, so, you know, apologize for bringing it up so late, I guess, as far as, you know, overall time's concerned, but the banning of Walking Ballista really, really gutted the counter stack. Uh, it just, it's, it just, that way of subtly pinging stuff and being able to keep adding counters mm-hmm. at a reasonably efficient rate, potentially add them on with other cards. Or just kill people. Or just kill people, yeah, but I mean, you know, you kill people pretty reasonably as well, but you're just, again, you're so far behind, in my opinion, a lot of the other aggro decks that it's still fun to play. Like, I, I just, it's nothing to do with that. I would still play it if I had the opportunity to play live, you know, or just play more frequently. But as far as this purely competitive metagame we're mostly looking at now, it's really, really fallen off. There's a lot of decks I just haven't seen in a while, and sadly, that's one of them. And mm-hmm. again, you know, going back to it, not going to complain too much because, hey, we got ultimately got what we wanted. But it definitely feels like the banning of Walking Ballista may have been a little too far. I mean, obviously, it stops the, the Heliod combo, but that wasn't the combo I think we were all afraid of. Yep. Uh, a couple more deck lists here. Again, sorry, we don't usually go over the league deck list, but I think compared to what we've seen in the past weeks, this league has a lot of other decks outside just the, usually like the top 12 decks that we usually talk about. So I did want to really highlight them. Uh, and at number f- uh, 5-0 by Mogd is kind of that mono green Eldrazi ramp deck that we haven't seen in quite a while. Shrine of the Forsaken Gods, Sanctum of Ugin's, uh, Big Cavalier, Thorns, Elvish Rejuvenators into World Breakers, Oblivion Stars, and Ulamogs. Also playing one Umori the Collector. So they are all creature-based there. Um, by Shiavento is just black-green beatdowns. Uh, playing one of my favorites, Rotting Registrar. Great Heart, Great Henges are in there. No Cocos. You know, I like having Cocos in this deck. They're playing Heart of Kieran's instead. Um, by Zerk is a Yorian deck. It's kind of like Death and Taxes style, which, hey, that's going to remember that for here in a little bit. Uh, it says it's just white-blue, but they're... They've got some thought seasons in here, so it's clearly like an Esper build. Just an Esper Yorian take, playing like Elite Guard Mage and stuff like that. Uh, and lastly, by X-File, is oh. just straight Grixis Control. Niv-Mizzet, Torrential Gearhawk, Narset, and a bunch of removal spells. This deck is playing two Commit to Memory. And a Slaughter Games in the main. Woo! Only one Narset. Only one Narset, though. Two Commit to Memory, one Narset. You'd think those numbers would at least be flipped. This deck is spicy. I like this. And two more Slaughter Games and a Notion Thief on the board. Like, Painful Truths. Remember that card? Mm-hmm. Radiant Flames, I think, is pretty good. Right. Dread Boars, Thoughts Intervention, of course. Only one Radiant Flames main. Uh, still four Sinister Sabotage. That's that's the counterspell of this format, apparently. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Dig Through Time, one Shadows Verdict, Slaughter Games. This deck is insane. Uh, one Niv-Mizzet Perrin, one Torrential Gearhulk to win the game. Yep. And uh, 70 ticks to buy into if you're looking for MTGO on a budget. So, Very cool deck. Very cool deck there. All right. Anything else in the metagame breakdown? Any decks you guys want to talk about? I think we're good. Uh, I think it's kind of surprising that that blue-green Kinnon deck kind of dropped off so fast. Um, yeah, maybe people just weren't playing it. I think the deck's I think the deck's solid. I don't know if it's going to be like a number one contender, but I think it's still like a solid contender for the format. I, I just also Kinnon's think that a like, little too fragile. What's that, Ricky? Like in a world where like red decks are coming back and there's so much shock and wild yeah, slash, sure. just like that's fair. Yeah. Kinnon and Emery are just a little fragile. 
Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say uh, this week does seem like a little bit of an anomaly given how the resurgence of aggro. I, I've been commenting every week for the last, what, month now that we're kind of in a cyclical metagame. At the sure. same time, I do feel like we're missing a lot of those, you know, well, big names, whatever you want to call them. The consistent players we've seen at the top of these lists, again, from looking at them so much. So uh, maybe that's just the players who consistently played it at that level were doing other things or couldn't play. I, I don't know, because... I, I think that deck's around a state at least a little bit, but I think it's a combination of factors. I really like what Ricky pointed out. I don't think that deck's super good against aggro, but I'm noticing, like I said, a lot of the players we're used to seeing that are somewhere in the top 16 weren't there that typically play those mid-range decks. So, mm-hmm. It just goes to show the numbers game, though. Clearly, the, the Euro decks didn't place very high this week, but they're still a very big percentage of the meta. As we oh, talked about, and like the 1-2 the, 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 the challenge, I think it was, like, the bottom like third of that challenge is all Euro decks. Yep, for true. Mm-hmm. All righty, so let's let's wrap up for that metagame talk there. All right, what are we talking about this week? So obviously we're recording on Tuesday, and Thursday is when the big spoiler push starts. So be prepared for a lot of spoiler talk starting next week's podcast. Uh, you had a bit of a preview for the cards that we talked about. Uh, the only other card officially spoiled. Because uh, again, we aren't really talking about the leaks, just because that's not fair to other content produce other content creators that are you know gifted or sort of given the the spoilers to share with the community and kind of I think overall kind of ruins the fun. Obviously, we talk about them with everyone on the Discord. Uh, that's kind of relegated to people who don't want to see them as well. It's in their own little channel. Um, so if you want to join in, I've been sharing some thoughts as they get printed with everyone. I've been brewing a lot with a lot of people in the Discord as well. So you can see plenty of thoughts on them there. And we'll for sure I'd be excited to talk about them when they officially get spoiled. Um, but before we get to this week's topic, which actually involves one of the leaks. So, you know, again, we don't know if they're not even real. The problem with the leaks is we don't know if they're real or not. Some of them right. are kind of iffy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. Also, they, the whole thing with the leaks this time was like, oh, I found all these cards in Piano Legends packs, but they're all rares. So to me, this is like someone got a box and doesn't want to just put out all the commons and uncommons, or they just like got part of an uncut rare sheet. Whatever it might be. Um, yeah. It's weird. The whole spoilers thing is, is getting weirder and weirder every season, honestly. Yeah. Um, like I remember when I Ixalan got fully spoiled like a month ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like the thing is like we've seen that before, right? Like there were scandals – uh, I don't want to. I don't want to super bring it up because it's old, but it just it's facts, right? Or Guillermo, Guillermo, whatever. How do you say the Guillermo? Sorry, I'm butchering that. Uh, Matignon and and company spoiled the entirety of something Phyrexia. New Phyrexia. New Phyrexia, yeah, because they got access to the Godbook, and a lot of that stuff like didn't make the waves that it that it maybe could have because I don't think there was as much online chatter. But I have a, a buddy who used to work for Wizards at one point, and he said that God book goes around quite a bit. So there's a lot of people that have access to all the cards. At that point in time, the top pros had them so they could test them and make sure there was nothing mm-hmm. super game-breaking to help balance things. So I, I would argue that I've given a lot of criticism to Watsi for a lot of things. I mean, this it seems like, honestly, they've tightened their ship to compare to how things used to be. I think there I, used I think to be I, less I, online information. I think another argument with the leaks is that, like, you know, it, there's a lot more content creation now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's a big deal to get selected to have a spoiler. Um, and there's But there's already been all sorts of arguments on that we're not going to get into on should people be compensated for those spoilers, you know, type of deal. But it, it is kind of a big deal to get those spoilers. And, you know, people put a lot of work into, you know, I always – 
point to linearity run, you know, they don't always get like the craziest, most game breaking card, but their videos are consistently the best thing about spoiler season to me. Mm-hmm. Their videos are always great. And, you know, when their spoiler card just gets spoiled earlier, just thrown up on a website and no one sees that video and the effort they put in, like that kind of takes away from that. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I agree entirely. So anyway, uh, all this is to say uh, there is one card that we haven't talked about, which is Toski Bearer of Secrets, which is three and a green for a 1-1 legendary creature squirrel. This spell can't be countered. Indestructible Toski Bearer of Secrets attacks each combat if able. Whenever a creature you control deals combat to player, draw a card. Sweet commander card, right? Yeah. And that's what I said about Omnath, and then we had to ban it. Well, <laughs> I think this, this card and Omnath are definitely very different. They both cost four mana. That's yeah, true life. And they yeah. both draw cards. They're both green. I don't trust any <sighs> green cards anymore. No, no, no. Don't trust enough to no good? Mm-hmm. No, that right. was my well, thought, too. It seems fun. Like, I, I think it's actually a lot of fun. It's a little ridiculous. I saw some criticisms of it, which I didn't completely understand. It's just, it's a fun, stupid squirrel. So I, I don't know how, you know, we complain that much about it. But I do like that it draws you for every other card or every other creature that hits, I should say. So mm-hmm. fun card. I mean, hey, if if somebody thinks it's good and wants to play it, I'm welcome to see it. That's for sure. Yep. Uh, I'll I'll be happy to be wrong about that one. Um, Yeah. All right. But there. Hey. All right. So talking to green cards, like I said, this week's main topic kind of revolves around one of the lead cards um, that involves a mechanic that we kind of touched on. We're predicting cards that were going to be in Kaldheim. And we said, please, no snow. Because why? It's a parasitic mechanic. And so, Ricky, what what are parasitic mechanics? So parasitic mechanics would be like mechanics in the game of Magic that need more cards and only play with the other cards within their similar mechanic. So when you think about mechanics, uh, let's think about Landfall. Every deck plays lands. So your Landfall card is going to go well in your any deck. Any deck, because you're going to play a land, right? So your Lotus Cobra is going to do good in your ramp decks. It's going to do good in your landfall decks. It's going to do good in your snake tribal deck. Uh, It doesn't need other cards to be good. The mechanic just does a thing when something happens, and that's a normal mechanic. But a parasitic mechanic would be something like energy, where we look at things like Dynavolt Tower from Kaladesh, which says you can spend your energy to deal three damage and you need to continue generating energy or paradoxal engine paradox uh, Aetherworks Marvel. Aetherworks Marvel. Aetherworks Marvel. Aetherworks Marvel is another card where you get to cast free spells off the top of your deck, but you need eight energy or six energy to do it. And so you need a way to generate energy. So you have to play more energy cards to make that card good. So therefore cards that just generate energy aren't good unless you have other energy cards with them. So it creates like these weird cards and decks that you can't really add or take anything from. And, and of course, these parasitic mechanics are usually relegated to like one, maybe two sets if they were back when they were blocks, right? Like Energy and Kaladesh. Right. But even then, like we really didn't see many parasitic mechanics for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're, they're few and far between if you really think about it. But then recently, you know, we had Kaladesh with the Energy and then yeah. we've had recently Throne of Eldrain with Food. Yeah. And yes, some food stuff has pushed into modern just because it makes artifacts when Mox Opal was around and stuff like that. Gilded Goose making an artifact was a big deal. But, mm-hmm. you know, we're looking at 
the food decks now and cards that specifically say sacrifice food or or this card makes food and you know tap make food sack food to bring back whenever you crack a food you draw a card and while these cards seem fun and they seem like cool build around me's and limited and stuff like that especially printed at uncommon it just creates weird standards and sometimes even weird pioneer formats Mm -hmm. where these decks thrive and they're just this you know, there's no better card. There's no new energy card getting printed. There's no better food card getting printed. And they don't play well outside of their archetype. Yeah. So it's awkward if they're really good, right? Because there's like kind of usually no way to interact with them normally. Like they, they were going to put cards that were going to get rid of energy, right? But they last minute said, no, 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 we don't want to get rid of energy. So I think food, with food, right, like you can you can blow up a food token because it's an artifact. But with energy, once they have the energy, there's no getting rid of it. Right. And we actually saw the card that got rid of energy literally uh-huh. printed the core set before the rotation of Kaladesh. Yeah. There was like a random white rare in that core set that said, uh, t- when it comes to play, you remove all counters from a player. Yeah. And so why, why are we bringing this up? Well, snow is an example of parasitic mechanics. It relies on having snow lands, other snow permanents. And right now, you know doesn't feel like snow is going to exist outside of Kaldheim. And again, snow hasn't been officially spoiled yet, but there is, uh, I think, I, in my opinion, one of the more questionable uh, card leaks over its um, authenticity introduces a new snow super type and involves snow mana. So that's kind of why we're talking about it. I'm not going to really get into the card again, just in case it is spoiled, but there is a card that, that purports to add a new snow super type and involves spending snow mana. Snow is not, like, a bad idea. Like, the problem with snow is snow exists only in modern. So in standard and in pioneer, any cards they print that are snow cards are really only going to matter in literally this one set. So at least Kaladesh, it was a block. It was two-set block. So we got mm-hmm. a lot of cards with energy. But, like, when when you have a new mechanic or a returning mechanic like snow coming into Kaladesh, or Kaldheim, sorry, um... You want to mess it up for all push that mechanic. So you're going to want to make it good. And it's an easy way to overpower cards and worse, make an overpowered parasitic mechanic where you just have to play all the snow cards and there's no reason to play any of the other cards because they're not snow. Uh, so that's why I think snow could be really bad. I think in Cold Snap, way back when there was a set called Cold Snap, it was a lot of fun. It had snow mechanics in there, whereas then it had cards that were snow creatures. It had cards that uh, were snow. They needed snow mana, but Mm -hmm. very, very few cards really cared about snow. There were cards that were snow and cards that interacted with like killing snow cards and stuff like that. Like I think there's like bitter cold destroys target non snow creature in limited. And it really felt at that time, the power level was very limited on the snow stuff. Uh, Of course, like standouts like scred, Scred was a big standout, um, but it wasn't too bad. There's not a lot of cards that like count to your snow permanence other than Scred. And for the most part, snow was not really viable, which also could be bad because any card that is just a random snow creature that doesn't do anything because it was made to be a snow creature or cool owls that have activated abilities that need snow don't really have a home because snow wasn't very good. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of another downside of parasitic mechanics too, right? Is that like in a wider, more eternal format outside of standard, 
where having a, a there a larger card pool means there's more competition. There are there could be some really cool cards, but they just can't compete because you need the a num a a critical mass of that particular mechanic, and that you then you can of course fit in a lot of the more primo spells that your colors would normally play in the the formats. That really creates a barrier to entry for this mechanic, so that it has to be really push and again this also comes back on that where you're talking about with pushing mechanics and it has to be exciting and overpower which comes back to the whole you know discussion on uh did fire design go wrong yeah i mean we were, i think there's no more discussion on whether fire design is wrong or not i feel yeah. like at this point we're just riding the ends of fire i think there'll be a which, new which again for those that don't know fire is what fun interesting i forget what the r is and then exciting uh, the R is for revenue. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the R is for snowboards. Yeah. The R is for snowboards. But yeah. uh, for, as far as I'm concerned, I'm just worried about snow being reprinted because that would make the set a set that looks really awesome just be really lame, or at least a third of the cards be either too good or not good enough or just. Ugh. I think that was a huge problem. I think this started like years ago when they announced. And again, like you can kind of tell the, the Gunda was, somebody's, was to somebody's head when they were made an announcement that said, oh, we just have so many great ideas for sets. We've decided we're going to make more sets per year and less blocks, right? We've just got so many yeah. ideas that we're just going to print, you know, different themed sets kind of on the round. And that was kind of where I was like, really? And again, it just, it didn't sound believable at all. You could tell that whoever mm-hmm. was making that announcement did not believe what they were saying. It just didn't, it didn't add up as much as they tried. And, yeah. I, you know, in situations like this, it makes it so like, these are at their worst, right? If you want these kind of mechanics to be powerful, well, then you have to have a couple really powerful cards and that makes them overpowered, right? But you don't, like, I think if you had, my argument here essentially is going to be that if if we had that three-set block, right, you could print enough cards that it may not be so insanely bad, you know, because you could make reasonably powered decks in whatever format. Mostly we're talking about standard, right, and Pioneer since it's kind of newer. Uh, mm-hmm. to be effective and not be just insane or incredibly underpowered and just worthless. Right. Well, the, not just snow, like we're seeing again, leaks that I'm not going to, we're not going to really get into, but they're referring to what rune spells, like how many of those can actually be in the set? Is that going to be good? Maybe that's a more of a parasitic mechanic than snow could be depending on how it gets played, how it gets printed. Right. So there's some mechanics like, so in, in Tarkir, we had morph, right. Mm-hmm. And there were a bunch of cards that cared about morph. We had, uh, the two mana green enchantment said whenever you played a card face down, you got tutor for a land. And the two mana blue green enchantment said whenever you flip face up, you got to draw a card. And like a bunch of other morph matters cards. Mm-hmm. There were like death miss raptor cared when you flipped a card face up. And uh, that was sort of a parasitic mechanic as well. Uh, however, it was mainly a limited mechanic. And yeah. like the, the, the morph decks in standard were mostly fringe. In fact, what happened was like, a card printed mostly for the fringe morph deck ended up being a little too good, or two of them did, which was Death Miss Raptor and Den Protector. Protector, yeah. Uh, so that accidentally created a two-card morph engine, which was sort of fine. Any green deck played the two-card morph engine of Death Miss Raptor and Den Protector, and that was that was okay. It could have been worse for sure if they had pushed it harder, but it was fine. It was like a limited mechanic, and everybody knew it was a limited mechanic going into it. And a few people would take down their FNMs with this cool blue-green morph deck. Uh, but for the most part, you know. And it was also in three sets, which helped. 
Yeah. There was enough morph support over three sets that it that it finally got there. Um, but like parasitic mechanics don't have to be bad, but recently with designing things like the food mechanic where they just build a whole engine in, really the problem is they're just building these mechanics into engines is the real problem, uh, which is a way where you can turn one resource into another too quickly mm-hmm. or too consistently. Uh, so like cat oven combo is a just engine that just drains life and blocks forever and creates artifacts and creates sacrifice triggers. And it's just a two card engine. And then there's like trail of crumbs to add in there to also turn it into a card advantage engine as well. And then like Corvold just brings you full circle. Mm-hmm. Now I, I think that these types. So I, I think that one of the, the things that Chris brings up here, right. Is that like the whole shift from blocks to just, okay, well now we're going to just make, um, each set's going to be its own thing, but if we wanted to, we could make sets like thematically similar or we can stay at the same setting, which we, we saw with Ravnica, right? Um, and that they're all sort of air quotes independent sets in the same setting. But what I want to see is, and I think I we talked about this briefly in a previous episode, is if we're going to keep these single set like thematic settings – they really need to start picking a theme for the year, which of course the the stand like the rotation year is September to September, right? So September to the the core set, which in this case this year is going to be Forgotten Realms, is that like rotation year, correct? Right. I think they need to in that September set um, say these are the big themes that we're going to see continue throughout the year. And, and then, that. which like they're kind of doing with double face cards, but we haven't seen interaction with double face cards. They're just like double face cards are just the thing that all the sets will have. But we're kind of seeing thematically like equipment matters. It's like the dwarf cards clearly care about equipment. The back face cards of the 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 backsides of the flip cards in in Kaldheim are equipments. But we're not seeing like party right. You know, maybe Strixhaven, maybe Forgotten Realms. We'll get cards that can interact back in with the party deck. But, you know, it would have been nice to if party was kind of the big thing for the year that party can carry across all the the sets. And then we see some more clerics, some more all that kind of stuff um, in each set as we go forward. Now, obviously, we do see clerics and we do see warriors, but there's no pickups of party, right? You're just getting support for the party cards that are already printed just because – Hey, warriors and clerics get printed a lot in magic sets. Okay, so he, so I do think that they are doing this now. I think that the year of Throne of Eldraine, mm-hmm. uh, the theme was break the game. <laughs> okay, uh, it's really unfortunate. And like what what I do like to uh, point out is that the theme of that block, right, was the uh, Eldraine is the spike set. Okay, it's all just like adventure is an overpowered mechanic, food is an overpowered mechanic. All the cards are overpowered. Um, and then we have the Johnny set of Theros, where we have a bunch of combo enablers. We have Underworld, Breach. We have Thassa's Oracle. We have just all these neat, cool, makes you think about them, enchantments and combo enablers and tutors. And that's Theros. And then we had the Timmy set of Ikoria, uh, which is just big, big, dumb monsters. Mm-hmm. But uh, the this year, this theme with Zendikar, I believe this whole year is going to be tribal. Okay. I think party is anti-tribal, of course, where you want one of each, right? Mm-hmm. 
we're entering into Kaldheim, which is looking to be tribal in two cycles, which is nice, where we have a we have a race cycle on the allied colors, and we have a class cycle on the enemy colors. Or sorry, the reverse of that. Yeah, it's the reverse. Um, it's uh, races in enemy colors, classes in allied colors. Right. And that's really cool. We even have Changeling returning, which is a big hint that we're going to see a lot of tribal. I think that Strixhaven is going to continue tribal. It's just going to be a slightly different tribal, maybe even spell tribal with some like tribal spells coming back. Yeah. Okay. And then we're going to round out the year with party coming back for the D&D set. Yeah. There's no way. Uh, I will bet so many boxes for the spark. <laughs> party will come back in Forgotten Realms. It's to me very obvious. And then I would be even, shocked if it didn't. Even switching into Innistrad, they've hinted about this weird werewolves versus vampires thing, which would be more tribal synergy. So I think but again, it's kind of outside the year. Right, right, right. But I think that this year is the tribal year. We're all going to get tribal sets in some way or another. Um, so that's what I think is going to happen. I do think that if we can do this, where we have four sets that don't have to be connected with art and they don't have to be connected with mechanics, but they have a mechanical theme throughout the year. It makes sense. Sure. And even the core set that came out right before Zendikar had like all these random like tribe cards. Mm -hmm. Like we had pack leader for dogs and we had the, the use guild enforcer and like the rogues synergies and stuff like that. And when they came out, everybody was like, what are these weird one-off tribal cards? And now they make a little bit more sense. Tribal dogs still isn't good, but there are tribal synergy related cards. Coming but now out. dogs gets a bunch of changelings. Heck yeah! So I I would just would hate to see I'm like I'm seeing the year setting up to be this great awesome year of magic cards despite everything with tribal one of my favorite uh, mechanics quote unquote or themes for sets. Yeah, just being set up, and I would just hate to see just this cool cow time set being muddled with a mechanic that can't play with anything else. You know or what I mean? Phyrexians. Phyrexians, well, that's a different conversation. <laughs> so um, that's what I think, personally. Yep. Well, we'll find out on Thursday, and the listeners at home will already know, because it'll be Thursday by the time, it'll be Friday when they hear this episode. So we will, I'm sure, be talking about snow or no snow uh, come next week's episode. I live in Texas, and I've always believed in no snow. <laughs> yeah, we lived in Lubbock, though, and I moved out during a blizzard. <laughs> that happened. Wasn't it like February? No, it was, it was, no, like it was January. January. Yeah. yeah okay. No, 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 it was December. Okay, okay. Lubbock um, has like a big snow every like other year. Yeah, it's a weird place. Uh, but all in all, I think parasitic mechanics are fine if they're weak and they're limited fodder. Uh, but if they are strong and engines like food and energy have been they are a big problem like i i think i think food at least in pioneer terms a little on the weaker side but like if it wasn't for teferi i would fully expect aetherworks model to be like everywhere right people still play the energy decks in like historic and in yeah. pioneer well they banned teferi in historic yeah that's true all right. Well, that uh, any any other thoughts here on Parasitic Mechanics? Again, we're really excited for Kaldheim to officially start again on Thursday. And hopefully, you know, uh, some of these leaks are true because there are a couple leaked cards here that I'm super excited about. Yeah, I, I think it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens on Thursday. Yeah, I think we're, we're waiting huge and we'll have a huge episode for everybody uh, next week for sure. But while I mean, yeah, we're talking the, about spoilers. 
What's up? And while we're talking about spoilers, and since I lost a pie bet this uh, this episode, and I'm a junkie, I can't get enough, right? Okay. Uh, Ruckman? What's up? I want to bet that in Strixhaven, there are double-faced cards with instant on one side, sorcery on the other. No, because that's a slam dunk It's going to happen. I think it's going to happen, too. God, come on. What, what am I going to do with these Ricky Damas powers without... <laughs> Without, some, without a sucker willing to bet boxes of war the spark against. <laughs> Look, they don't call me the Warren Buffett of pie bets for nothing. You've True. been hardened by losses, sir. You're yeah. winning now, but it's because you lost before. Hey, Warren Buffett didn't win them all. Sure. <laughs> well, I tried. I, I know I know the investments to look out on out for now. Come on. Instance on one side, sorceries on the other. No. So. Okay. Good. I hope it doesn't happen now. I hope it never happens. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be artifacts on one side, spell on the other side for spell books. Oh, makes sense. Well, Do we want to go over uh, the list that uh, Bragger submitted for fun, or call it there? Uh, I was gonna go over since we didn't actually announce them last week. Uh, right. What won our last challenge decks? Oh huh. yeah, I forgot we didn't. Yeah, but yeah, so yeah. Lost the Avers, so uh, Chris, hit us that does a slap. Uh, I don't know what I did last week. Oh, hold on. Back to the $2,000 gavel. Ready? Ah! All right. Thank you for some of that theme song. All right. Of course, our last challenge because, hey, Kalheim Spoiler's starting up. That means we're going to go back to regular dozen slap submissions for at least a month or two. I I didn't really like doing the challenges, so this will probably come back when we start hitting that lull as we lead into Strixhaven for like the month or so leading into Strixhaven. Um, so I don't know. Did you guys enjoy this whole challenge idea? Yeah, I thought I it was interesting. It. We we didn't see as many submissions, I think, because people really like to do their own thing. Like they have ideas and then submit them. So I yeah. uh, I totally get that. But we now have some you know some new members of the Discord. If you guys are not members of our Discord, please go join. And you stumbled upon our podcast. There it is, is lots of fun. Uh, very supportive. Yeah, there's there's a link in the episode description. Mm-hmm. It's stickied on our Twitter. It's linked in all the YouTube videos and the Twitch. So you, there are easy. It's easy to find. There you go. Yeah. So. Uh, I definitely like the generic does it slaps for the amount of submissions that we get. Cause you know, honestly there was too many to go through a lot of the time, but uh, you know, yeah. Do we have a good one for this week? Cause I've got a good one. Uh, well, no, cause we're going to go back to regular submissions. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. It's Kaldheim. Kaldheim. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. All right. So in second place, of course, this challenge was for the control deck without counter spells. Uh, in second place, we have Mild Pro's Enigmatic Fires deck. Um, Chris, do you, since this plays Enigmatic Incarnation, do you want to go over this one? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, here we have quite a few one of, so I'm just going to hit the highlights because, again, there's a lot of cards in this deck. Obviously, we've got Enigmatic Incarnation, which is the four mana card from Theros that lets us sacrifice another enchantment. And if we do so, we get to go get a creature equal to the sacrificed enchantment's cost plus one put it directly on the battlefield. Everybody should know what Fire's Invention does because that sees a lot of play. And then our big things, we're trying to hit our Renegade Rowler, which is going to, if we go into that, that'll let us get back any two mana enchantments that we have, um, which we do have Omen of the Sea, Trial of Ambition, a couple of ones you typically see in Yorian decks. We've got three Yorian in the main deck, one in the side, your Classic Acceleration, Sylvan Curated, um, some Skyquave Apparition, which is a fun one to go get. 
and then uh, a treacherous blessing for a fun enchantment that obviously we don't want to be around for very long because that one we get to draw three cards but then starts costing us life when we cast spells so yeah uh, a lot of fun overall a couple of Othikaiers in there and really like the direction that mile pro went with this um don't have a lot of changes i would super make just for a fun deck right that goes a lot of colors a lot of things going on so very very well done I mean, we're not we're only making changes on these ones. These are just kind of like challenge yeah, answers, right? For sure. Yeah, fair enough, yeah. fair enough. Mm-hmm. All right, and then Ricky, you of course selected the winner for this week's uh which was Wonky Wombat's Yorian Death and Taxes list. Do you want to talk about that? This was the Yorian DNT list by Wonky Wombat. A lot of really fun uh more like hate bears cards with like Archon of Amiria and uh Thought Not Seer, Thraben Inspector, Reflector Mage, and we're just Blinking everything with Eldrazi Displacers, Charming Princes, and Yorian, of course. Um, really uh, fun deck. It's, of course, a control deck because there's four Teferi Time Raveler in it. Uh, yeah. So that makes you a control deck. I don't care what you're doing. If you play four Teferi Time Raveler, you're controlling the game. You're not letting me have fun, so you must be the control player. Uh, but we also have Control Spell All-Stars, Shefet Dunes, and Mutavolt. <laughs> right. Shefet right. Dunes and Mutavolt is a uh, combo, of course. Um, unfortunately, Desert is not a creature type, so you cannot sacrifice your Mutavolts <laughs> to Ipnu Rivlet. Uh, but that would have been a cool trick if you could. Uh, in the board, we've got a, uh, the only thing I don't understand in this entire deck is a one-of copy of Gisela the Broken Blade, and not even a Bruna. Hey man, you know, it's just a beater. Yeah, Gisela yeah. was played for a long time. I actually own several copies of that card, just because it's Flying First Strike Lifelink. Uh, on a four mana four three is just pretty insane as it is. But it right, does really have to isolate. Yeah, it does have to isolate a card I really like. Uh, the card does a lot sometimes and uh, not anything other times. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it used to get a lot of the format. I think it still gets some of the cards. Um, not sure how well it does now that we're playing like reclamations and oros and stuff like that. Uh, but this card used to be really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it still Definitely dumps it's, on it's mono white, mono black. It's definitely the white way to answer uh, Elf, which yeah. is like a big thing that I could talk about for like hours about why white is a rough color in Pioneer because it can't answer an Elf on turn one. Mm-hmm. But and and you know this is a wonky wombat deck that's only playing twenty six lands in an eighty card deck. Oh no no no! We're not playing twenty six lands. Look again. There's 36 lands in this 80 card deck. Oh, you're right. Glass full mimic, Amiria's call, and Kabira takedown. Right. No, no, no. We're we're playing all our lands. We're we're, okay. we're straight all shooting right. today. Right. Look, I just gotta make sure because it's a wombat deck, and you know he's like playing 17 land constructed deck list. You gotta be careful. Right, right, right. Uh, I do like this deck quite a bit. The blink mechanic is lots of fun, and this deck, while it has 44 creatures in it does still feel like a control deck. Uh, really strong card draw with Raven Inspector and Teferi Time Raveler. Uh, Thought Not Seer just d- denies hands, and uh, Skyclave Apparition just denies everything. And this reminds me a lot of a deck I streamed a while ago, which was just Bant Company. That was Reflector Mage, Skyclave Apparition, Glass Mimic, and it just felt... I probably bounced my opponent's Steel Leaf Champion like five times before they conceded. And the way Skyclave Apparition is actually worded, you can do like the blink trick to it. Yeah, where, you can. Where they don't get any token, they don't get nothing. You lose, sir. You can put the ability on the stack of the ETB 
target something, and then blink, and that will cause the uh, exit battlefield ability to trigger, which will have nothing. Mm-hmm. Which is because it's because they set it up as two different triggers instead of it being applied to the the same trigger. It's like a delayed trigger, right? Of like right. the the banisher priest fix. I think was the first time they they updated upgraded that. Because right. like Fiend, Hunt, Fiend Hunter was the big one where you could sack Fiend Hunter in the old humans decks just to make sure your opponent never got their, their card cards back. forever. Um, the it does not work with Banisher Priest. I think was it Deputy of Detention is the one where if you answer the Deputy of Detention in response to the trigger, your card never even goes to exile. Yeah, because that well that's that's all the fixed versions of that. Right. That's how they all work now because they're all one trigger. Right, right, right. And then they printed Palace Jailer. Then they Which printed Palace Shield, and that's that's a whole other conversation, right? All right. Well, congrats, to those winners. I'll be sending you guys your codes uh, when this episode goes out. If I remember, if I don't remember, hey, yell at me on the pot on the Discord because I'm really bad at remembering to send out these codes, and I do want to give away these codes because I am sitting on a bunch right now. <laughs> so the more the merrier. Uh, all right, gentlemen. Anything else before we close out this week? No. Thank everybody for listening so much. Mm-hmm. And thanks yeah. for sitting through that first segment. <laughs> hey, that's that segment's gonna kill. It's gonna that's gonna rival even the best in investigative reports. <laughs> oh wow, there we go. All right, gentlemen, thank you for joining me. And of course, listeners at home, thank you all for listening again. Let me remind you this is brought to you by our one of supporters of Patreon, patreon.com slash crew3mtg to help support the show, keep it rolling. If you don't want to chuck in that, make sure to hey, just talk about the show, share the Discord, share the YouTube channel. Crew3MTG, I stream on Twitch a few nights a week. Crew3MTG there as well. The YouTube, of course, is a weekly deck tech. Um, usually they go up Thursday night. If not, they're for sure up by Friday afternoon. Just kind of depends on when I can fit them in my schedule. But I try to get them up Thursday night. Uh, you can follow me on the official Twitter account at Crew3Podcast over on Twitter. You can follow Chris at... At it's underscore Christmas. You can follow Ricky at... At also Steve... All right, gentlemen, I will talk to you all next week, and we will be back for Caldhive spoilers starting up once again. It's going to be exciting, so expect just nonstop spoiler talk for the next, like, two or three weeks, I which will hopefully, hopefully culminate in us taking part in the Early Access event for Caldheim, which I be- it hasn't been officially announced yet, but I believe, if I'm doing the math right, should be Wednesday the 27th, and being part of the content creator program uh, – I'm just waiting for that application to go up because we should get an invite for that. And that's always exciting. And hopefully I get to see you guys for that. Oh, Yebus, double birthday. Double birthday. Mm-hmm. That's right because it's, it's uh, your birthday and my birthday that week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, snaps, double birthday. Heck yeah. Double birthday. The double Applebee's birthday. waitresses will be singing forever. <laughs> oh, man. I'm telling you, we're going to hit up this Applebee's whenever COVID's over. Does that right. mean you're going to get pied in the face on your birthday? Uh, No, it'll be after my birthday. It'll be before my birthday. Oh, yeah, perfect. It fits. I won't have to yeah. feel bad. The real upsetting <laughs> thing is we're being told to grow out our beards for Kaldheim, and then I'm going to get hit with a... I'm not telling yeah. you to grow out your beards, because I've already had to trim no. mine for work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, well I'm, I'm doing it, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my weird, you know, what do you put in these things? Whipped cream. Whipped cream all up on my face. But you're, I stuck. thought you were getting pie because you pardoned yourself. Uh, oh, but I don't. I still take a bite from the sea rhino. Oh yeah! You now got don't get me weeks. wrong. You got like three weeks for sea rhino. I get the double back, okay? Because I I I said uh, I want options when arena happens with pioneer, which got delayed. So I still I will take my pie, but I will get a revenge pie if it shows up. 
Okay. All right. All right. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you all next week. Have a good one. Stay safe. Bye. Bye. Bye.